0: This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his
1: guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen.
0: It's the best.
1: Hello and welcome to Obsessed Reviews on the Obsessed podcast feed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. This is one of our special episodes, only the second one we've done, where we get obsessed about a big pop culture event, a movie, a TV show, maybe a parade someday. Who knows? Just something that I personally am obsessed with and do want to take some time to just pontificate discuss and just generally roll around in and i want to roll around <laughs> in avengers infinity war and here to roll through that big beautiful strange movie is my wife, Sarah Scrimshaw.
0: Hello, I'm already laughing with, um, (laughs) rolling around with laughter in your introduction.
1: (laughs) I did not plan on saying I want to roll around in Infinity War, but damn, that's really, that's the truth.
0: It's a a great visual.
1: Yeah, there are things that you, you see a movie and then you're like, can you give me a blanket of that? Because I would like to be inside <laughs> it. I want to wear it for a little while, you know?
0: Yep. Where is the hill of that that I just roll down with glee and try not to hit my head on a tree?
1: <laughs> that would be amazing if that's what movies become. They become a spectacle where you go to the movie theater and then immediately afterwards they're like, and now would you like to go to the, the hill where you roll down or like the playground? Like adults, we've set up a playground. Uh, this is Titan. And now you can go to Titan and you can play yeah war. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think this movie might inspire some adults to do that. (laughs) Uh, Definitely. Yeah, so I want to say right away, right away, this is spoiler-filled. We are recording this on the Sunday afternoon of the movie's release, and we are going to talk about everything. This podcast might be the length of the movie. Probably not. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, everything in Infinity War. So if you have not seen it yet, hit pause, go watch Infinity War, roll down a hill, and then listen to this podcast. Sarah, thank you uh, for doing this uh, with me. I really, really appreciate it. I know you are here in uh, our home and we talk about Infinity War anyway. So why not put us in front of microphones?
0: Exactly. Why not? My pleasure.
1: You made us special cocktails. I did. To sip. Can you tell us what we're drinking?
0: (laughs) I did. This is actually, um, this is a MCU-themed cocktail that we have had before. It's what I like to call Iron Man in the morning. (laughs) And I was thinking about it while I was making the cocktail today, and I was like, yeah, you know, this is actually, uh, just jumping straight to spoilers, this seems like an appropriate cocktail for Tony Stark at the end of Avengers Infinity War also, he might need something a little stiffer with where he's at right now, yeah. but it seems like still base concept, pretty good. So it's based uh, it's coffee yep. in the morning, has to have coffee. Uh, it's sparkling wine-based, again, fits with the in the morning. Also has some grenadine, um, a nice Luxardo cherry with a little bit of cherry syrup. So yeah. pretty and basic, full of morning beverages.
1: It is amazing. When you say pretty basic, I think it's pretty amazing. And it really is like Tony Stark. It just feels kind of... Light and cutting, but there is depth and a lot of weight at the bottom of Iron Man in the morning. And with all the things that his new nanotech Iron Man suit can do, I bet he could just spray out an Iron Man in the morning. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And, you know, I make it with kind of uh, room temperature coffee, but it'd be great if he just had one of his nanotech things spraying hot coffee at somebody.
1: (laughs) That would have taken down (laughs) Thanos. All right, I think I've said all of the preliminary stuff. I I have to. We have drinks. We're ready to jump into this. Spoiler and alcohol warning. Let's go. So uh, for Obsessed Reviews, we've started by talking a little bit about why we see the movies that we see that we're talking about. I think for Infinity War, people know the general story. This is the culmination of this first 10 years of Marvel Studios. We talked about it a little bit on a bonus, uh, patron-only bonus episode of the podcast, but you and I have gone on this great journey where you went into Iron Man with a in back in two thousand eight with like oh, I've like some superhero movies I don't like others I'll give it a try mm-hmm. and you were immediately blown away by Iron Man in the evening <laughs> when we saw it right
0: it, absolutely I was blown away I I loved it I was hooked I didn't know anything else about I mean I knew the basics but I I yeah I was not. The line of, um, I'd like to talk to you about the Avengers that happens at the end of Iron Man, m- meant nothing to me. Yeah, the Avenger unlike initiative. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unlike you and our two friends that we were there with, who all lost your minds. And I—that <laughs> that is one of my favorite evenings, is seeing that movie, not expecting much, having it blow my mind, and then seeing and getting to hear from the three of you how excited you were and just your... Um, Your explorations, your guesses about what might happen in the future and holy cow, could this actually be a reality that we might get to experience and just the sheer joy emanating from all three of you and then to be here now when uh, we have sheer joy in the movie theater.
1: Yeah, I mean, that thrill of knowing that there was a possibility, being myself a long-term uh, fan of the comics, mm-hmm. and back in the day when it was kind of hard for me as a young person, pretty full internet, to find other people who liked the comics. To have that post-credits scene where, like, Iron Man? So uh, they're doing a Hulk movie later this year? They got Thor and Captain... Are they going to just do it? Are they just going to make an Avengers movie? And then to go so far to... Are they going to do this giant universe sprawling cosmic story where your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man from New York is fighting the mad Titan Thanos on a different planet? Like that was a kind of like mind blowing weird stuff that requires the building of this whole world and to Mm -hmm. think that the studio would do that, would do this direct interpretation of the comics and build on it and that that happened and it happened in such a way that keeps grabbing more and more people, yeah. And people of different demographics. With Spider-Man being uh, really a movie that speaks to teens, with uh, you know, Black Panther being great representation uh, for African American people, and just pulling so many different um people into being fandoms mm-hmm. that it went from this kind of private thing where you would find a few people who read the comics to it is a global event Mm -hmm. that makes this movie so unique and many blockbusters are events but this one is just utterly unique there kind of isn't anything like it and that i think affects both the actual movie and definitely the experience of seeing the movie yeah yeah just being in the theater was an amazing experience seeing it on thursday night Mm-hmm. with all of the different people and all of the different reactions, which we we can talk about a little bit. But did you feel that thrill since you have been a fan of the MCU of the movie since 2008? Yeah. Did you feel like this is an utterly unique experience to be 10 years into storytelling?
0: Uh, yes, I think I think honestly going into it, if I didn't have the the luxury and the benefit of having you as my partner to uh, because I don't Spend as much time reading some of these uh, buildups on the internet. I wouldn't have necessarily known how much how much this one is building on everything. Yeah. As opposed to, well, this is just the next Avengers movie, and so having that build up with you, and then we watched many of the MCU MCU movies By many, leading up all. to this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nearly all. Um, and just re kind of rekindling that excitement for myself. I feel like because of that, and then. It was so fun to see the the um, the Marvel Studios then turn into the 10, yeah. the IO turn into the 10. It was just like, to me, that was a, okay, yeah. we're here, we're on this journey. And then in particular, like you just mentioned, the, I mean, everybody there was a fan, but to hear different groups of people, you know, some people were cheering for everybody, but then some people, people would cheer really loudly, like the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. came out and... It was like, for some people, that is why they're here. And some people, like you said, came, you know, everybody had their cheering moment. And that was so fun because it felt like here we are. We're all part of this community. Maybe we're all part of the same community. Maybe we're parts of different communities, but we're all coming together for this experience.
1: Yeah, exactly. I Mm -hmm. think there is that true weight of good storytelling, but also the weight of time. We spent Mm -hmm. 10 years (laughs) building this. And if you were eight when you saw... Iron Man or 48. We all spent the same 10 years getting to this moment. And I think there is this really unique and interesting synergy without being cute or winky or meta that the story of infinity war is these heroes needing to come together in unite. And just by being fans of all these different movies in the theater, it's all of these different human beings coming together and uniting yeah. in their fandom and, Uh, Just like in the movies, like, sure, yeah, the characters have conflicts. Uh, In the movie theater, you might be mad at that asshole who's looking at his phone. So it's not like it's just all pure, like, yay, kumbaya. But it's just we are all humans here together for this common event. And there's Mm -hmm. something greatly powerful about that and powerful that that real human experience mirrors what you're seeing on the screen.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love... That they that we got to watch some of the characters meet each other. Yeah, that it wasn't that we go in and oh somehow they all know who each other are because they're on the secret you know uh, social media of superheroes. But I think that to me that like um, that highlighted that feeling of we're all coming here together to watch all of these people on screen, all of these characters on screen, these stories unfold, and then part of that is getting to see all of these different. What until now, many of them have been semi-separate, even though we know with they're within the same universe. But to see them actually meet and see how those circles overlap yeah. was, uh, to me, one of the most powerful. Like, those are some of my favorite moments throughout it, are the meeting of different groups of people.
1: Right. To hear Iron Man say to Star-Lord, you know Thor? You know, like, it, it, it <laughs> feels like a real party. And it feels like a party where, like, I'm going to get all my different friends together. And you know what? I'm surprised. But it makes sense that Rocket and Thor would really hit it off. And I am not surprised that Tony Stark and Doctor Strange are being dicks to each other. i not, you know, like, it feels like that. We know them. Yeah. And we know how they may or may not react, and that's all fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, that, that's enough about the experience of yeah. why we saw it. Let's get into Let's talk about the, movie. the movie itself. We'll talk a little bit more about experiences. But uh, I just want to start off with the big picture for you. Mm-hmm. What? did you like? What really, uh, (laughs) I know that that could be just a list. And now here's the movie. What did you like? I I will share some specific things that I liked as well, but Mm. I want to
0: start with some of yours. Two hours and 29 minutes later. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There are, there are so many things that I liked, uh, but to pick a few, um, honestly, what I just mentioned of watching some of the characters meet each other, I really liked. I, um, I'm just kind of going to go chronologically cause that's how my brain works. <laughs> Semi chronologically. I liked the way that they reintroduced, um, Bruce Banner to the other Avengers as he came back home. I mean, yes. he was in Thor, uh, Ragnarok and they had had their adventures off world, but that reappearance of him and the effect that it had on some of the other, um, Avengers in particular, like Tony, Tony Stark. I uh, yeah. really liked that. Um, in yeah. terms of other great moments like Thor and Rocket teaming up to me makes so much sense and I love it so much. And I, you know, from them talk calling Thor Pirate Angel <laughs> to Thor's constant calling Rocket Bunny. Um yeah. and uh, or Rabbit, rabbit yeah. excuse me, rabbit. But and, I'm sure Bunny's coming. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Bunny's coming. And uh, in fact one of my favorite lines, I don't remember exactly what it is, but somewhere where they're trying to make the the new um, the Uh, The hammer, the new hammer, um, when he says, uh, thank you, sweet rabbit, is just there's some emotion in that. And just the play of it is one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Um, It's a
1: great example of how the MCU does manage to do comedy that is quite bold. And I know for some people it's getting a little too bold or mm -hmm. a little too predictable. But there are some moments in there with that relationship with Thor and uh, Rocket where the comedy is so... True to the character. It's true to Thor that he would just be like, Which animal are you? I think you're a rabbit, so I'm just going to keep calling you that.
0: Yeah. And
1: you get used to it to the point where there are some incredibly serious moments where, like, he is saying when they're trying to restart the forge, like, Power, more power, rabbit. And you're like, Yeah, totally taking it deadly fucking serious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because the characters are.
0: Yeah. And it's great because, you know, everybody has called Rocket so many different animal names and he always bristles at it. And this one, He just chooses not to. And so there's something about that that to me shows that bond of friendship or that bond of, just that bond uh, that I really like. Also, I just have to say, because it is absolutely hands down one of my favorite moments, the uh, fight with um, Black Widow and Okoye and Scarlet Witch comes in there. And that is just, I love it.
1: Yes, yes. That was a great moment of... um, just celebration of these characters coming together. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are a woman and I am not a woman. So <laughs> I will say what I think and then you can tell me if I'm full of hooey. But I feel like to me it is a great reversal or denial of any stereotype of if two tough women get together, one of them has to be tougher. Like it's it was just cool to see these really strong characters both morally and physically fighters all kind of pop together and say, we, we're on this common goal.
0: Yeah, and yeah. And no
1: sort of like, they play the joke in Marvel a lot where the men can't stop comparing themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a fun play on a little bit of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. And this scene was, to me, to me great, because it was the opposite of that, of like, we just need to kick ass together.
0: Yeah, yeah. And in fact, you know, kind of as you were talking about it, I was thinking, it's like where um, Cap and Black Panther are running... They're at the front. Yeah. They're running ahead to, you know, to protect Wakanda and and they're fighting together. And so this is like another natural mashup of characters that would fight together. They have similar fighting styles. They have similar approaches. Yes. And so it's just, it's such a natural pairing. But then, of course, it's also such a woman power moment to be like, yes, we have enough women to actually have a woman power moment. Yeah. Um, As opposed to everything else where we don't. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's both... I think it was both powerful to me because it was like, yes, the women get together. And also just that moment of, of course they do because they have styles that complement each other. And then Scarlet Witch comes in there and with her amazing powers and uh, totally different. Yeah. But it just, it makes so much sense. And I I just, I loved that pairing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, this is a moment right before that big fight, but Okoye getting that what I think is one of the best comedy lines of the movie in response to Scarlet Witch, taking care of the big rolling terror machines and just throwing them (laughs) into the air and crushing a bunch of the space dogs uh, and having Okoye say, why was she up there this whole time? Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's spinning her stick in the background and it works on so many levels and it is so well delivered. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, yeah. So, um, and then going back to Rocket and his relationship with Thor. Yes, yes. I think... Now, talk about that for an hour. Yeah, we could talk <laughs> about any of these moments for an hour. But I think one of the big picture things that I liked, and we talked about uh, off air, so I know we both liked, is every moment of these characters, much like in Civil War, is a payoff of where they have been before. So it's not just that Rocket and Thor connect. In Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Rocket is going on his own little journey of being difficult, overly surly, still not wanting to admit that he cares, that he has feelings. And Mm -hmm. Yondo gets through to him and says, basically, I'm like that too. I won't admit that I care. Yeah. But sometimes if you want to have family, you have to. So all of Rocket's business in this movie of one of my favorite lines, I'm going to say that 27 times, but one of my favorite (laughs) lines is when he says, I got to be the captain. And he has learned that being the captain means actually emotionally taking care of the people you're with as well. Yeah. So he goes to Thor to talk about his feelings. And Rocket's not particularly good at it. And you get some great comedy out of that of like, oh, a dead brother. That's annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but so much of that whole interaction is about what Rocket learned. So you're getting to see these characters continue to evolve movie to movie. yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the – that's obviously the credit of the whole big team involved mm-hmm. with Marvel – But I think, in particular, uh, undersung heroes of the screenwriting duo of uh, Marcus and McFeely,
2: Mm -hmm. uh, who
1: who did some work on the original Iron Man, done all the Captain America movies, and just do, they're the only credited screenwriters on Infinity War. So this is, uh, I was reading this morning how they did get a little bit of input from some of the other creators on specific lines or choices. Um, But this is just such a tribute to paying attention to the characters And if I might pontificate for just a second more, (laughs) I think it's a real tribute to the overall planning of the MCU because a lot of the movies moving leading up to Infinity War, with the exception of Civil War, they are exactly about people getting past their issues with one another, trying to learn empathy, trying to learn unity Mm -hmm. in a ton of the pivotal moments, not just little fun side moments pivotal moments in this in this movie in the fate of the galaxy are predicated on people learning to come together. You got Gamora and Nebula yeah. coming together in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You have that uh, great m- uh, moment in Infinity War where M'Baku calls T'Challa his brother and of course he stands with mm-hmm. Wakanda. The whole, uh, and that's because they had their conflict resolved in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. You got the whole overall idea of Uh, Wakanda opening its borders and helping the outside world, which you get the sense that if they hadn't gone on that journey in Black Panther, they wouldn't have said yes when Steve Rogers calls up and is like, I have a a problem that I can't fix and it will bring a world of hell to your country. Can you help us out? (laughs) And they're all like, yes, that's Mm -hmm. what we do now Mm -hmm. because we learned. So uh, I feel like that theme of unity and empathy is so earned because, again, it's this long journey we've gone on. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I feel like that's a whole thing that think pieces and master's theses need to be written on.
1: (laughs) At least long podcasts, for (laughs) sure. For sure. Um, Are there any other big moments that really jump out to you or big ideas that you really loved?
0: I'm sure that there are more that will come to me as we're talking. But for now, I feel like... We've we've touched on the highlights.
1: Okay, cool. Um, I will say, because I just want to get it out there as one of my favorite lines, I am Steve Rogers <laughs> is something I am going to say for the rest of my life. Uh, and I, I think that's a great reflection of his character. Mm-hmm. Great comedy moment where Thor's like, this is my new friend. He's a tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I am Groot. And so many other characters in the MCU would be snarky or weird and go like, weird, a tree. Or like, you know, nice to meet you, Barkface, or whatever. And of mm-hmm. course steve rogers doesn't question and just basically like oh you said hello to me in your language mm-hmm. i will say hello to you in your language back it's so respectful and it funny is. and yeah beautiful
0: yeah yeah it is so uh, essence of steve rogers which also does remind me of another part i i think uh tom holland and spider-man in this one knocked it out of the park multiple times but one of my favorites um this is a two part thought. Uh Go for another it. pairing that I do really like and i in particular like the growth of the pairing throughout the movie is uh Tony Stark and Doctor Strange. Yes. I've, I just the Sherlock I, off because they both played <laughs> Sherlock, yeah. Exactly. But when, you know, teenager trying to be a, you know, good upstanding, you know, has hopped on this spaceship uh and is not sure if that's what he should have done or not but that's what he's done. So he's meeting Doctor Strange who they've just met and He's like, hi, I'm Peter. And Dr. Strange is like, I'm Dr. Strange. And I don't remember if he said made-up names or fake names. And yeah, he said you, made we're up using our made-up names. Our made-up names. Made yeah. names. And just his his take, his reaction to that, and his, oh, okay, I'm I'm still learning how to be a superhero among other superheroes. We use made-up names.
1: Oh, we're using and our made-up like, names, yeah.
0: And he jumps right on it and says, <laughs> I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. And I just, I love that moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's so great, too, because Dr. Strange... That's again another just little tiny moment that's building on his movie. Is he never adopted a superhero name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the important part of his name to him is Doctor, Doctor. because he heals things, he fixes things, yeah. and that is who he is. He is Doctor Strange. So, it, of course, it sounds like a made-up superhero name right? to young Peter Parker. So, like you can just you could have never seen the movie Doctor Strange, and you could appreciate that joke that moment on yeah. one level. But then, if you've seen Doctor Strange and know that. His name means something to him. And that is his real name. Mm -hmm. Makes it even more interesting and bizarre. Um, We've talked a lot about unity. Yeah. Did you, and you were saying that you liked Iron Man and Doctor Strange's uh, relationship as well as the the Spider-Man triangle Mm -hmm. uh, of the three of them together. Did you like that there was still that presence of of tension with uh, Tony Stark and Doctor Strange really disagreeing about what to do?
0: Absolutely. Because I feel like that, I feel like that is one of Tony Stark's uh, base stories throughout the entire MCU is his own uh, conflict with himself and his conflict with coming up with a plan and feeling like he needs to be, as Steve Rogers says, the defender of the world Mm -hmm. and that he has the knowledge, he has the tech, that he should be able to do this. Whereas on a different level, Doctor Strange has not necessarily – hasn't had to do it as long and be the defender of the world or the universe. But you know, he went on this journey from being this amazing surgeon who can fix the cases. Nobody else can. Yeah. And then he becomes the defender of time and New York and and reality and reality. And so they're both very much in this, they have taken on this giant mantle of responsibility, but they're also both used to being alpha men. Yes. Alpha males. And so that kind of, it's like, you know, I feel like it's two wolves, uh, sizing each other up, figuring out how do we play together, when do I let one or the other take the lead, and I just, I really enjoyed watching that play out throughout the movie.
1: Yes, that is, I hadn't really thought of it that way. Uh, Obviously the film has fun with and has uh, weighty scenes of these are two people who have massive egos, who have been, in their past, giant assholes, but they've gone on this very similar journey of, my mission in life now is to be as selfless as possible and I will do anything to defend the world, the universe, loved ones, reality. And it's great that we, the audience, know that, but they keep sizing each other up Mm -hmm. and they don't know that. So like, it's weird to watch this like, almost like chest bumping, like you said, alpha male, like, are you a more selfless protector of the galaxy? Mm -hmm. No, I'm a more selfless protector of the galaxy, but they don't necessarily realize until toward the end that that's, What they're alpha mailing about.
0: Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That they, yeah. I, yeah. I hadn't gotten to that point. Yeah. That they, they're both trying to protect their, their herd, the world, the universe, whichever version it is, you know, for their, whatever words they're using. Yeah. And in most scenarios, one of them has to win to protect the world against each other. But in this time, they have to figure out how to work together and when to, when to let one or the other. Rise, yeah, because that one has the skills that are needed right then, or the foresight, or the knowledge, or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think that's going to be a big part of the next movie, which we will talk about. We will get
0: to predictions
1: section, Uh, but we're still in stuff we love section. (laughs) We are. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about Tony Stark because that is one of the most uh, moving parts of the movie to me. Obviously, Tony's journey has been—he was the beginning of the MCU. It's been one of the defining journeys. Of He becomes totally selfless in his journey when he flies the nuke into space, and Iron Man 3 is all about his PTSD, and then he makes bad choices in Ultron because he's still desperate to protect the world from all of that crazy, (coughs) huge cosmic danger that's out there. And then he overreacted to that, so he makes another, I think, mistake in Civil War by overly containing the heroes and maybe if they had stayed together, they would have been better prepared for Thanos. So he's been on this journey of you're watching this brilliant flawed guy mm-hmm. try to do the right thing. And we as the audience have this knowledge of like, you know, Tony, you're you're totally right. There's this big evil great man named Thanos and he is coming. You're totally right. But you mm-hmm. still keep making somehow bad decisions, <laughs> even though you are right. And, you know, it goes back to his line in Iron Man 3 when he admits to Pepper that he has PTSD of basically like there's gods and aliens and I'm a man in a can. Yeah. And to see that strange moment where Thanos calls him by name and he is shocked that Thanos knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like it was one of the moments where I almost got a little teary. Yeah. Because it was sort of this validation of Tony in this validation i think of this sort of message of uh you can choose to be your best you of like tony through all of his desperate attempts to protect the the galaxy you know or the wor- the world to protect the earth to create a shield yeah he has you know had nightmares about whoever this is and now he can see his nightmare put a name and a face to his nightmare and they yeah. you know they make that explicit in the movie. There's something powerful when you think about it yourself. If you've ever been like haunted by something and had scary dream after scary dream and a thing you face. And then the thing you face has a face and a name and it knows you and respects you. It's yeah. like uh, t- to take a compliment from your own nightmare is a <laughs> fascinating thing. And I think yeah. that's what that moment is. And there's also this acknowledgement of like, you're a speck. you're you you Thanos almost seems to be saying like you're a man in a can and I am going to kill you and I can kill you but I know who you are and you have been a fucking pain in my ass and you are to this moment and you will do anything to get a drop of blood out of me yeah and I respect you for that and I know your name like oh
2: my god
0: yeah yeah that's that is amazing
1: yeah uh And then uh, you were you were sharing some super insightful things last night about the all the layers of uh, additional guilt piled onto Tony Stark by not only obviously trying to take care of Spider-Man, but Doctor Strange reversing what he had said. And Mm -hmm. like, I will sacrifice anyone to protect the time stone. And then Doctor Strange apparently saving uh, choosing to save Tony Stark. I don't think it's as simple as that. Yeah. But I think it is from Tony's perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of why did you just give up time to save me if this wasn't the plan? Yeah. We already know I'm expendable. We're all expendable.
1: Yeah. But do you think that that will play a large role in where Tony's head is at, that he feels guilty about surviving yet again?
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> 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 um, I, thought, I kind of thought you're gonna get different uh, question. I, I, um, I, I love the flaws of Tony Stark and how much they're played up. I don't think Tony Stark is capable of, at this point, not having survivor's guilt, because okay. he's had it. He's had it for six years. Yeah, I think he. I think since the first uh, Iron Man movie, he's had some, if not survivor's guilt. Like first, he had survivors. I'm gonna make the world a better place, and then realized he couldn't entirely and yeah absolutely because he like like you just said you know he he didn't bring peter parker up onto the up onto the spaceship but he gave him the suit that allowed him to stay yeah and with Doctor Strange, you know, they had already had this conversation of like, yeah, cool. Okay, you're going to kill me. Good to know that you've got your priorities straight. Um, which was an interesting exchange because you couldn't tell how Tony actually felt about it. We don't know if Pepper made it at the end or not. Yeah. He doesn't know any of what's happening down on Earth. Yeah. And uh yeah, I just think that is I, there is no way <laughs> that he doesn't have survivor skills. <laughs> but I think <laughs> this is probably jumping ahead. I'm very excited to see how it goes if he throughout his life and <laughs> the movies we have watched him in has figured out some some ways of dealing with it and if he's able to now communicate with his friends that I will assume he will team back up with and move forward and how that will propel I, I guess I'm curious if it will propel him light or propel him dark
1: yeah I think it will uh propel him toward the light but we'll talk a little bit more yes. about those uh predictions yes. in a minute while we're near the subject of yeah. tom holland and spider-man i have to give a shout out to one of my other favorite moments too i'll do two for real quick excellent there's so many but the um the great interaction just as a joke between star-lord and spider-man of like is Footloose still the greatest <laughs> movie ever <laughs> it never was uh and i still we've seen this twice and i still don't know what star-lord says next because the audience laughed so many times
0: so hard and it's it's yeah. you
1: know you're seeing an event movie when you're like there are three or four lines I will never hear in a theater mm-hmm. I have to own this yep. and watch it at home <laughs> exactly. but i think when tony christens him an avenger yeah because he knows he can't get rid of him but he also knows that it seems like tony knows that like well officially giving him the mantle will give give uh peter some confidence Mm -hmm. the range of emotions on tom holland's face from pride to shock to maybe a little bit of fear to that little bit of like pumping himself up of like Mm -hmm. that there it's so great just cinematically and it's also great to watch these movies and imagine them as literal comic books and that was one where i saw like there are great moments in comic books where a character is going through a lot of emotions. So you'll just have like four panels of their face. And that was like, you just did four panels of emotion in this yeah. one little take that an artist would have drawn each one of those beats, you know, and I almost yeah. saw it as a comic book. And it yeah. ends with that sort of like, you know, he seems to, to use the British term chuffed of like, well, I'm going to do this now. I'm, I'm yep. an Avenger. Yep. Go into another world. I'm going to fight a cosmic being. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so be it. Mm-hmm. That's that's Spider-Man's day. What are you going to yeah.
0: do? Yeah. And that actually, <laughs> to continue our favorite things, brings up one of my other favorite parts <laughs> uh, or lines specifically is when Tony, prior to that, when Tony asks Peter if he is, has thought about it and wants to be up here and he has a great line of how can I be the friendly neighborhood superhero if, or Spider-Man, how can I be the friendly neighborhood spider-man if there is no neighborhood yeah and i just feel like i mean that time that line both times we saw it just shot straight through me of like (laughs) that is such an essence of everything that's going on
1: yeah because the the, that's the argument made in spider-man homecoming where tony at first is like just stay here it's okay if you do nothing but stop people who are trying to rob a bodega there's nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. and i think that's From Tony's perspective, so Spider-Man can grow up a little bit. He's still in high school, so he can learn, but also so he can stay safe. Mm -hmm. And then to have Spider-Man turn that around and say, like, so all all of reality is in risk, and that includes bodegas. Yep. (laughs) So if you told me my job is to protect bodegas, I can only do that by fighting Thanos. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's really, really cool.
0: I really love that. One other thing, if I may. Absolutely. Since you mentioned comic book panels... One of my other favorite moments, specifically because of how much it looks like it would be a full spread on a comic book page, is when Thor joins the fight in Wakanda and you see him jump up into the air. Yeah. And like everything, you know, he is the white thunder coming out of... His hammer and out of his eyes. Including his fake
1: one, which apparently can handle uh, thunder and lightning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a very, very uh, high end fake eye. Yeah. Uh, Just that moment of him up there with the white lightning shooting from everything is such a, like, This is a comic book on the giant screen moment. Yeah. I am so excited. I am waving my hands like mad right now. It
1: is a total, like, there's a few moments like that in Thor Ragnarok Mm -hmm. uh, that used Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song, and you almost want to be like, bring your phone, don't do this in a movie theater, but you almost want to bring your phone and just (laughs) hit the Immigrant Song uh, in that moment. uh, (laughs) But it's also cool because, like, he has reached... uh, his sort of uh, full Thor potential away from our friends. So it's great when he first shows up and, uh, you know, Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner has that great line of, you guys are so screwed Uh, now. And then to be like, damn Thor, you've gone through some shit, you know, Mm -hmm. and are even more powerful than we ever knew. Yeah. As his fellow Avengers.
0: Yeah. 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 It's amazing. And just as a side note, I do love Bruce Banner throughout the entire movie. I feel like his presence just adds a lot without being really big, and I just, there's so many moments like that one that you just said that I just really, really like.
1: Yeah, it really elevates it, and I feel like if you had to pick a protagonist, like uh, obviously Thanos is the antagonist, and in some ways I think the movie is structured, so he... It is actually from his perspective. Mm -hmm. So in some ways he is the protagonist. Yeah. Um, But I feel like Thor is almost the one who is like carrying the weight since we we start with him. We start with him suffering horrible, horrible loss. He is one of the people who's in a place uh, to understand more fully what is happening. Yeah. And his, you know, his starting from Thor, the first movie, his role is to protect the nine realms. Yeah. So like on like Spider-Man who was to like stop bank robbers in Brooklyn specifically <laughs> yeah. this is Thor's job yeah. to stop exactly this kind of thing and to see him suffer the loss and to feel the weight of it and to play the humor and balance the emotions I read a great a little interview um, I believe with Marcus and McFeely mm-hmm. the writers about like kind of joking about when he did the scene with Rocket where there are a lot of funny jokes, but then he has that, like, I'm 1,500 years old and I've killed twice as many people as that. And he's kind of holding back tears. They made the kind of joke of, like, it, it is really unfair. Like, we know he's seven feet tall. We know he's incredibly handsome. We knew he was a really good actor. And then we found out he was an incredibly funny actor. And mm-hmm. now we find out, like, he should be getting an Academy Award for a scene with a raccoon. That's not the way <laughs> they phrased it. But, they you know, they phrased it as, like, and now he's, you know bringing us to tears like yeah he I think he is in in some ways a, a real MVP oh, yeah. of the movie because the importance kind of put on him structurally yeah and then the, that he can carry it is yeah um my last uh really fun thing that I love that I want to talk about in our likes is just uh, Thanos himself so yeah in the comics Thanos almost always has his helmet that he has uh when we get the flashback when he uh he takes Gamora, mm-hmm. and he has it right at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and I normally always love seeing the big, weird, the strange in MCU, but when all the marketing is him without the hat, and it's like, he looked, what? Like, I made a Twitter joke of, like, I-, I hope the movie is his journey to find his hat, because I thought <laughs> he just looked kind of dumb, uh-huh. more more like a grape. Uh, um, uh, my friend Darina was like, yeah, when I see him, I, I want to chew him like bubblegum. Like, um. Funny. But now I saw the movie, I totally understand because I think uh, his performance, that mixture of motion capture and the actor is a real breakthrough. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I think so much of the story hinges on us believing that he's not a two dimensional character of like. I am the god of death. Not well, we had a god of death with uh, Kate Blanchett's character, with Hela. <laughs> uh, but he's not just like I kill because I'm the bad guy because the heroes need somebody to stop. But he's incredibly human with a perspective that uh, you know has some amount of logic to it. Obviously, we can discuss his his uh
0: <laughs> his grand plan. His grand plan. Mm-hmm.
1: But he's so human, and I think not having him behind all of this sort of like. I am a big comic book villain armor allowed that humanity yeah. to come through. But how did you feel about big old purple headed great man?
0: That's a great point. Cause honestly, I, I haven't thought about him as much as I should. Um, except I think that part of, yeah, I think part of what makes to me, what one of the many things that makes the movie work really well, it is not just all of the superheroes getting together. It is that they do have this, three-dimensional character that they are fighting it's not just flying creatures coming in from the sky that we don't understand where it's just a battle and it's not just knowing what the end game is it's having this character who said who to his perspective it's the job that nobody wants to admit needs to be done so he's willing to admit needs to be done and do it because he sees himself as the protector of the universe, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I think they do a really good job of that of showing his point of view,
1: yeah. And whether you agree with him or not, or mm-hmm. you know agree with his logic, I've already seen some fascinating debates on social media, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Mm, but yeah. just knowing that it makes sense to him, and the movie almost invites you to go like, look, he's really human. Obviously, his love for Gamora. Is a huge part of his character and a huge part of the movie,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it almost invites you to say, "Is he? Uh, is this an obsession? Is this a flaw in him, or is this something that's like it's a from our perspective, from the hero's perspective, a twisted thing to believe? Mm-hmm. But does he truly, objectively believe it, or is this just his trauma? Is this his PTSD of?" <laughs> I lost my world, so this is how I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to do it to the rest of the world, yeah. the rest of the universe. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah. And it's interesting because you know we've had the in the previous movies the little glimpses of him often in the post uh, credits uh, little sequence, but there's also just been this build up, uh, especially within the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, of Thanos and you know Drax hates Thanos because he killed his family, and we have already this sense of fear of this for the most part, unknown figure of Thanos. So then to put a name, a face, a full, you know, fleshed out character on him was just really interesting to me to kind of come back and, you know, color in the lines. Yeah,
1: all purple in the lines. (laughs) Uh, And we will segue into our uh, things we maybe weren't sure about. And I will do that by saying I think one of the other triumphs of Thanos (laughs) (laughs) is that some of the villains directly associated with him and sort of cosmic villainy have not been the strongest villains in the MCU. I Mm. think, you know, Ronan, the accuser, you get his motivation that he's a part of this long war and he hates Xandar and he wants vengeance on Xandar and maybe he'll even take it to Thanos, but he's a little bit more of what Thanos could have been of like big, mighty, cosmic god who doesn't really talk or appear to think like humans, but mm-hmm. just angry God. And we get that a little bit with uh, Malekith, uh, the dark elf in yep. Thor the Dark World. who's was again like, motivation's crystal clear, makes sense, but there isn't that attempt to humanize him. Yeah. So was, since some of the other figures that are vaguely like Thanos have been in that mold of a little bit more two-dimensional, mm-hmm. it's such an amazing and necessary thing for Thanos to be totally three-dimensional. Yes, four-dimensional, five-dimensional. <laughs> there are a lot of dimensions. Yeah. Uh, so uh that that's a way of complimenting Thanos by criticizing some of the other villains in the MCU. <laughs> so let's talk about anything we didn't like or questioned. This is going to be yeah. the shortest section of this podcast. It
0: is. It is and it's one of those things where I feel like I I am I know that there were things during the movie or immediately after the movie that uh, that came across and is the they'll come out later, but right now at this exact moment, I don't think I have any. <laughs> All right, I have I have
1: two. Go for it. Um, and they're not so much like I dislike, but I question. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the line of clarity that Thanos slaughtered half the Asgardians. Yeah. Um, so there is that question of well, where are they? Did he al- did they he did he allow them to escape? Did he put them on escape pods? Did he take them on his ship? Are they enslaved? Where are they? Yeah. And then, of course, within that, we have a couple of really fan favorite characters from Thor Ragnarok uh, Mm -hmm. of Korg and Valkyrie and Tessa Thompson's star is rising and rising and rising and I, there's a part of me that understands well, we just want to leave that open. In theory, the Thor trilogy is done, so it's not like we can get another Thor movie, Mm -hmm. but we could get a Valkyrie movie, and I feel like, is it just that they want to leave the elbow room open, Mm -hmm. they're not ready to say it. So this is not something I dislike, it's something that I question because I feel like if you are in that movie theater because you're a huge fan of Thor Ragnarok and just, hey, one of the coolest MCU characters that you've ever seen on screen is just not acknowledged at all could be a distraction. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand why they might have done it because they're just trying to keep their options open. Mm -hmm. It's also like, obviously, Thor survived the explosion, so valkyrie could have been knocked out in a corner and survived the explosion yeah but i just felt it was a little distraction to have a super fan character left in an incredibly ambiguous state yeah
0: which also this is not necessarily this movie but we also don't know what happened to sif
1: yeah we still don't know what happened to sif because she just didn't appear Mm -hmm. in thor ragnarok Mm -hmm. yeah so i think that's valid yeah um and I think Valkyrie is a popular enough character if Tessa Thompson wants to do something, if MCU. We'll, we'll get that information eventually. Yeah. But still a distraction. Here's my other actual critique. I think they do such a great job in the movies of juggling all the characters. I feel like they could have maybe found a moment to add some clarity to the children of Thanos. Oh, so, like if you're yeah. a reader of the comics or if you're a reader of people who summarize the comics, you can read exactly who those characters are. And, you know, they will match up with the characters that they are in the movie. But since their design was a little similar and the all of the creative people at Marvel MCU have a real affinity, uh, a talent for getting exposition out. That I think it would have been great to find a way early on to give each children of Thanos a little bit more definition and a name so you could track them. Mm -hmm. Because we were talking about... uh, there's that line when Thanos returns to Titan. And he's talking to Doctor Strange, and he says, I assume the Maw is dead. And you're like, <laughs> what the hell is he saying? And yeah. I only figured out through context that, yes, his assistant, uh, the Maw, has been with him. We hear the Maw uh, back when he's reading raiding Gamora's World, so you know for Thanos. I That guy has been doing my dirty work with me for decades. I sent him to get the Time Stone. Here's the Wizard... With yeah. the time stone, I bet he killed the maw. But no, nobody called him the maw before that.
0: Yeah, I, I the second time, I was like, okay, I think I heard it. I don't know what the words were, but I assume that's a nickname he has <laughs> given to Star Lord.
1: Oh yeah, like
0: I just somehow because he, <laughs> because he had met Quin uh, Quill already. Um, you know, when he took Gamora.
1: And he also already seemed to know who he was who said, ah, the boyfriend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so that's just like a derogatory name that he's calling the boyfriend. <laughs>
1: to,
0: and, and then the next shot is, i uh, now now living
1: fear of somebody calling me the <laughs>
0: And the, But the next shot, I think part of it is I was like, well, that's, Probably either going to be Quill or um, Tony Stark that he just has a weird nickname for, or I'm just not like did he say Stark and not enunciate? But then the next shot is Quill hiding behind the stone laughing. Yeah. So that's why I was like, well, it must just be a weird like nickname for boyfriend I don't approve prove of. <laughs> Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, um, yeah, my daughter's going to bring them all home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very funny. So, yeah, I just think they could have used just a little bit more, just a moment of definition or clarity. Yeah, you know, so you could track them a little bit better. Yeah, it's a, it's a small thing.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Yeah, please. Sorry, I didn't no. Uh Do you think the collector is dead?
1: Uh, I, you know, I feel like this is another keep your options open moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so influenced by the amount of time I spend thinking and talking about Star Wars, uh, doing the podcast I co-host for Center with uh, Ken Napsok and Jennifer Landa. And that's a stated goal of the Lucasfilm Star Wars group of we answer questions of where people are and what's happening to them when they're involved in a story. Mm -hmm. So like people will write to uh, members of the Star Wars story group and say, well, where was Han Solo when X was happening? And they're like, we haven't decided because we're keeping our options open. We'll tell you if there's ever a story yeah. that's being told where it's important that Han. here's where Han was when X happened. Yeah. And I felt let that a lot of that in this movie of like, the reason we're not being clear is we don't know yet or yeah. there's a reason we can't tell you yet because mm-hmm. it's coming up in Avengers 4 or... It's, you know, you know, it almost feels to me like at one point, like uh, Thor could have turned to the camera and said, it's unfortunate Tessa Thompson hasn't signed her contract yet. you <laughs> like, it, it felt like a lot of keep your options open yeah. moments.
0: Yeah, it very much felt like that. And th- I was uh, the second time we watched it just because that's also when um, Thanos is playing with the reality stone. So as the fake reality, he has kind of like just watching going, OK, which version is real, which version is fake? When does he get the, the the stone and that whole thing? And we see him push the collector into that case. Mm-hmm. And then when everything's burning, is there a burned body in that case? Was what I was looking for yesterday. Oh, I didn't yeah. see one.
1: So. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to see. So yeah. maybe there is something there. I mean, I think it's... No, I, it was
0: really... F- and it's fun. It makes sense to leave that open.
1: Yeah. Because he clearly came there, took it. And then set up that reality to yeah. trap Gamora.
0: Exactly. You know,
1: Yeah. It, so it all it all tracks. OK, so those are the things that we weren't sure about. Let's talk about some of the big juicy themes. Yeah. Because if I ever get a tattoo, it might be I love themes. <laughs> um, some of the big themes I think were really on the surface of the movie, which is which is great, um, as I think sometimes uh, themes really should be of this big picture idea that the heroes largely led by the morality of Steve Rogers Mm -hmm. have their We don't trade lives. Mm. And that's where a lot of the heroes struggle is conflict is coming from is we could just kill vision. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what vision wants. Um, and the idea of Dr. Strange really being explicit of, I will kill you if I have to. And then reversing Mm -hmm. that for some mysterious reason, uh, And that, of course, ties greatly into all of the unity that has developed between these characters and all of the empathy and Steve Rogers and everybody who followed him in Civil War saying, um, we don't apologize for saving people and we don't ask for permission anymore. Like literally saying that and like, that's what I do. I follow my North Star and I have people with me who agree with my interpretation of what the North Star is. And it's, you don't sacrifice someone Heroes can make selfless sacrifices, like somebody throws that in Steve's face of like, but what about Mm
0: -hmm. when you did that
1: in Vision, you know? Yeah. You know, saves Cap and says that back to him of like, you know, we don't uh, give up one of our own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Versus Thanos is like, the only way to save everything is to give up half of everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, that comes around to him when he sees the vision, maybe reality of Gamora within the Soul Stone, and she asks him, what did it cost? And he says, everything. Yeah, You know, and this idea that one person can be everything to you. Yeah. So all these playing, playing around with all of these very interesting, very deep ideas of not just, you know, the practicality of half the universe genocide, uh, but the practicality of this big comic book superhero idea about sacrifice. Yeah. About, is it good to be selfless? Because when you take yourself out, mm-hmm. you are taking yourself away from someone. And to someone you might be everything. everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just the role of selfless struggle or putting yourself in that place versus putting somebody else in that place?
1: Yes. Right, with uh, Iron Man in, in Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or even with, you know, it's one thing for, for Vision to offer himself up. But nobody else can say, yes, you should sacrifice yourself. Yeah. Even though they've probably all been in situations, and we know some of them have, where they would happily sacrifice themselves for saving the universe.
1: Yeah. They're explicit about it in yeah. the Age of Ultron, where before Nick Fury shows up with the new Heliot carrier to get the people off the the where yeah. where Captain and I think it's Black Widow just have that like if we have to die here to stopping this yep. that's what that's what the job is
0: yep exactly. yeah, yeah
1: so there are many moments where have been willing to sacrifice themselves, but th- this film questioned it in a really really great way in a question in a way that tested um both the connections and the conflicts between the characters Mm -hmm. and i think really doubled down on that theme in a great way uh by making it that scarlet witch is the only one who could destroy the mind stone which was another great if you've been paying attention it's because her powers were granted to her through experiments created by the mind stone yeah which is why she's so powerful which is why she's the only one who could destroy vision in that that really elegant line uh callback where at the beginning of the movie when he's feeling pain and and you know stress through the mind stone yeah and she tries to sense it and she says all, all I can feel is you. Yeah. And then when he oh, assures yeah. her that it won't be a painful death when she shatters the mindstone because all he can feel is is her. Her
2: and yeah. that
1: connection that they have that's on one hand super weird <laughs> android formed by computer science and cosmic stones and Thor's lightning is in love with, you know, distraught orphan from war torn Sokovia who now has cool magic powers, mm-hmm. but they love each. other, So it's uh, that to me is this great, great uh, r- promise of the MCU coming true where it's, Just the most mind-spinning, nerdy bullshit, (laughs) but emotionally resonant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Nerdy, weird, cosmic stuff. Yeah. That's what I like. Yeah. Emotionally resonant, nerdy, weird, cosmic stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know.
0: I'll write that down. You know that about me. I'm making (laughs) a note. Yeah, so I I really
1: like that uh, big theme. And I also like that this uh, was a movie that, utterly challenged what it is supposed to be. So it's been heralded as you know, this is the movie where it all comes together. Mm-hmm. And now there is a second part, yep. untitled Avengers 4, yep. but it, this is now the biggest domestic uh, opening box office ever. It yeah. not, uh, Force Awakens, off the throne. So it's the biggest uh, US movie opening weekend ever. Mm-hmm. And could a, a, a more, mm, a less brave group of people could have said,
0: we can't end it like that.
1: <laughs> we can't end it with not only our heroes losing, yeah. but spending a good chunk of the time trying to humanize the monster that did it, and then let's double down on the credits Let's have that sad Avengers Infinity War where even those words disappear. Yeah. Somebody at uh, one of our screenings yelled too soon when that happened. Yep. Funny. Uh, And then the Thanos will return instead of, you know, your heroes will return. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, just the the bravery of making this both a fun mashup that celebrates 10 years and also just rips your heart out. Yeah. That to me is just a... Really, really fascinating and powerful. And then on top of all that, they told you exactly what was going to happen in the movie in the trailer and in Thanos's first line in the film. Mm. Of, you know, when he's picking Thor up and he says, yeah. you will know what it's like to lose. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but to believe so deeply that you are right and to lose anyway. And having seen the movie twice to realize that that is Thanos's motivating wound. Yeah. That he thought he had this bizarre and terrible idea to save his planet, to save Titan. He didn't have the conviction to fight for it. Maybe he did fight and lost. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of describes it two different ways in the movie. Yeah. Um And know that he lost and to know that that is what's defining him. And then on top of it, to just be like, that could also be, you know, in a different movie, he turns the cameras like, and that is actually what is going to happen two and a half hours from now. (laughs) That is what is going to happen to the characters. Yeah. And I believe the last spoken line of dialogue is Captain America. Mm -hmm. Having that realization of exactly what Thanos described of, you will know what it's like no matter how deeply you feel you are right mm-hmm. and Captain America deeply feels he is right Yeah. to lose. And I feel like that, oh God, is almost like uh, if this mashup doesn't exist as we're recording it, it's going to soon on the internet <laughs> where you have Thanos and you know, and you will know what it's like to lose and mm-hmm. then just cut to, oh God. And the beginning and the end of the movie are yeah. directly speaking to one another.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that I think that's some cool screenwriting.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: How do you feel about uh, about all that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! Oh, there's just there's so much there. I'm gonna uh, take a moment to uh, tie those the two themes together because that the two last ones that you just were talking about because to me the the unity the idea of unity or sacrifice coming out of. where the Avengers were um, in just joined in some you know, and they're breaking apart. We've signed the Sokovia Awards. They, Accords, uh, not rewards. Uh,
1: <laughs> you know,
0: the rewards card. <laughs> Sorry. Sokovia
1: Awards. <laughs> with um. each superhero, you get to sign right? away their freedom.
0: <laughs> no, but with having them, you know, they've been so unified, but then to have them break apart and have the idea of what is the thing that breaks them apart. And then in this one, what is the thing that brings them back together? To see those those, you know, interpersonal wounds be stitched over and healed. And then at the end to have them still lose and have the ending that we had. Yeah. Just the to me, the weight of those themes and those actions all, all as an arc, as a three-piece. Yeah. Uh is Particularly effective. I yeah. feel like even more, even more effective to lose some of the people at the end because we came from a place of the the split, yeah the coming back together, and then the different loss, the totally unpredictable loss. Yeah. And just the weight of that. Yeah. Which is not answering your question at all. It's just, I just was thinking about that because there's so much going on in the end with the idea of, um, what's what's pushing Thanos and I I do I did not pick up on you had uh, we were chatting last night and you'd brought up Thanos's first line yeah uh, and I had not picked up on oh he's you know doing the exposition of the movie right now <laughs> totally hadn't picked up on that yeah. uh, at all and the weight of Steve Rogers, oh, God, at the end, just it was another one of those lines that seared through me. Yeah. And so I like the idea of tying those together. Yeah.
1: I also like the, you know, uh, Shakespearean, when I studied Shakespeare, you know, the, um, the tragic flaw leads to a moment where there's no turning back. And that's one of the things that, you know, scholars debate about Shakespeare is like, okay, well, wh- which mistake did Macbeth make? Which mistake did Hamlet make where there's no mm-hmm. turning back, where they sealed their fate? Yeah. In, in some ways, this movie feels like the overall arc of the heroes. It, it, you could make an argument that it's Star Lord's deep connection and love of Gamora that he, when he can't contain himself from lashing out at yep. Thanos, that if he hadn't done I'm, that one thing. Right tony would have won it's like you know, the big if the, like the spidey the almost would've...
0: had the glove off
1: yes but uh, did yeah, he really it's so, oh, no in that show, oh i, I, I mean that i mean shot he yeah he, he almost did, had but, it off yeah. but
0: in the big picture did he really or would thanos have overcome them anyway true 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 like is this like yeah, yeah, yeah like uh, visually yes he did
1: visually but yeah it, would it have been great thanos is still really powerful and he would have and they have no way means of destroying it and they would have just you yeah know, they, yeah would they just be running away and thanos would have run up behind them and Crushed Spider Man's head and taken it back. Yeah. Yeah. But in, yeah, and that's the, those fun, nerdy what if, but in the telling of the movie, it is great when it can reach these like uh, Shakespearean tragedy levels of, you know, there's something very uh, Wagnerian operatic about these big cosmic superhero stories.
0: Absolutely. You know, and
1: it's one of the reasons I get mad when, when people get snooty about them of like, these are the same themes and ideas as some of the precious eurocentric art that you love mm-hmm. uh it's just that it's a purple grape man and you know a spider boy from brooklyn yeah. you know that's yep. you know it's the same i'm right there with you yeah okay good then i'll stop ranting uh, <laughs> you can, you can. <laughs> uh, i also like uh thematically that whole contrast from beginning to thanos to getting to capsule god is reflected in the actual titles so at the beginning Once uh, Bruce Banner has fallen to Earth and he says Thanos is coming and Doctor Strange says who? Uh, And we cut to Avengers Infinity War and there's a big golden, you know, celebrate celebratory letters of Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. And then we get to the credits and it's just where there's normally a really fun mid credits sequence. Yep. It's just the cold black and white simple font. Avengers Infinity War that turns to dust. It's it's,
0: gray ash that just blows away. Yeah, and that Mm -hmm. is
1: so, so uh, great and funny. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about predictions and what's next, and to segue into that, I also wanted to mention that great reaction uh, the second time we saw it when, as soon as the movie was over, people started talking about what was next. Yeah, Like burbling in the theater. And again, that experience where... Stranger, you know, you just go see Shape of Water, and not not it's not a critique of Shape of Water. It's just a different experience. People don't stand up and go like, "Here's my theory for what happens with the blah blah," and it's, <laughs> yeah. a totally different person from a different walk of life yells back like, "Yeah." Uh, so there, two like teenagers, are super excited, and are just like, "Ah, yeah, I can't wait for the next one." And another guy down the road is like, "Half the Avengers disintegrated. <laughs> How's there gonna be a next one?" This is like. Putting voice to what many people in the theater were feeling.
0: Yeah, yeah. There and last <laughs> night in particular, there were a lot of great. Um, Conversations across, you know, aisles of like, wait, what do you? What's coming next, or when's this? And hey, do, do you know this? And yeah, it it was it was that great sense of camaraderie and community building yeah, that we were talking about exactly. at the beginning. Exactly,
1: uh, and you know, one of the fa- uh, sort of famous lines from the comics is uh, Cap saying, "Avengers assemble!" When they go mm-hmm. into battle, and a lot of people think that's what he is saying uh, at the end of Age of Ultron. You know, the cut of the end of the movie is. The new Avengers have gathered after the some of the other members have left in Age of yes. Ultron, and Cap says Avengers, and just takes and it cuts. Yes, uh, and a lot of people think Hugh is going to say Avengers Assemble, mm-hmm. and I think this is this movie is basically Avengers Disassemble, like literally. <laughs> and it is painful when you realize yeah. <laughs> that is what Cap is Avengers, saying. Avengers disintegrate. Avengers
2: disintegrate. Terrible.
1: Uh, All right, so let's talk a little bit about predictions because it's also one of the bold things about this movie is uh, people who are really into all this know there's an Avengers 4. People Mm -hmm. who know comic book land know, oh, wow, a couple of these deaths might be real. Vision's death might be real. Heimdall's death might be real. Gamora's death might be real. But all the people who disappeared, like Spider-Man, who has another announced movie, (laughs) that's got to be the journey of Avengers 4 of how do how does this get reversed which yeah. is tried and true in comic books but not a lot of people know that so to see Spider-Man and Black Panther yeah is that's dangerous that's bold and maybe dumb to be like a theater full of people <laughs> like never really watched superhero movies but I love Black Panther so I'm going to come to this one yeah and he just disappeared
0: yep Those were the two people sitting next to me at the opening night. (laughs) What did they say? They, they, when he disappeared, they were not okay. And I, you know, I, I try to tune out other people a lot during the movie because I just want to experience it. But I could tell that they, you know, not that that was the only reason that they were there, but that was, they cheered the loudest for Wakanda and Black Panther. And their gasp of like, what No, was when he uh, crumbled away. Yeah. And, I was I was taken by complete shock at the end of the movie and had that one like, what? No, no, no. But but there must be another one. But wait, what? No. And yeah. I just like, and that's for myself as somebody who knows that this is what happens. But I did go through that like, well, I know there's another Spider-Man movie coming out, like the thing that so many people are going through. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I could hear the people next to me uh, talking and kind of like, but... Uh, they didn't just do that. They just like, and there seemed to be, I just wanted to turn to them and be like, it's going to be okay. Except I didn't know if it was going to be okay. And I right. didn't want to say that if it wasn't, uh, which was different from the person next to me. The second time we saw it, it's like, wait now, they did what? Well, sometimes, I mean, sometimes people who are dead in these movies aren't actually dead. Like Superman came back <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. if we can just collectively As viewers of the movie, if we can all remember Superman was dead and Superman came back, maybe we'll all be okay and make it until next year.
1: Yeah. And tomorrow, half the click on Monday, (laughs) half the clickbait titles are going to be here's why Spider Man isn't really dead. And like, this is going to be coming to a discussion point, but it was really beautiful to be in that moment of in a theater full of people seeing something truly shocking. Yeah. Now, they give you that moment of hope with the post credit scene of Nick Fury calling for Captain Marvel. Yep um so you get that little hope of like don't worry someone else is still coming
0: there's a plan
1: yeah Yeah. and uh you know captain marvel movie is going to be set in the 90s so it's going to set up who she is and i bet that's coming out in march of 2018 Mm -hmm. next avengers is may of uh uh, march of 2019 Mm -hmm. not going to time travel (laughs) then avengers is may of 2019 so captain marvel i think is going to at least have a post-credit scene that leans into that so yeah the point of that rambling is that the movie gives you a little bit of hope, but I think mm-hmm. like a, a lesser movie, a less brave movie, instead of ending on that great shot of like, hey, yeah, this is Thanos' movie. Yep. Here's his maybe happy ending, but yeah. maybe he finally got what he wanted, what he described, sitting and watching the, the sunrise. Mm-hmm. Uh, or is it sunrise or sunset? I can't remember.
0: I don't remember.
1: That's important thematically. I'll well, we'll have to see it again.
0: I almost um, think it's sunrise
1: sunrise yeah because again you'd expect it to be sunset uh mm-hmm. sunrise in that look of like is he satisfied or did he pay too high of a price by yeah. killing gamora and this is not what he want like another movie might have been like nebula and tony land on wakanda and say in cap and tony shake hands and like we can still fix this Boom yeah. to gr- like a lesser right. one would have given you a more clear moment of don't worry, it's not done. Don't worry, the heroes you love are going to come back. And I love that they had the bravery to just make the one of the biggest blockbusters ever be like, nope, it was the villain's movie and he won
0: bye <laughs> yeah and
1: the yeah. only hope you get is an icon that you may or may not know on a beeper from the
0: 90s yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah sorry that was not me actually answering your question at all i just needed to process the ending for a moment there. no i understand yeah. we all do. that's 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 the state we're in all yeah. right so let's
1: go on then to predictions yeah. for avengers 4 uh i i have some things to say do you have any predictions?
0: <laughs> uh, I do. I think I, I already leaned into one of them about uh, Tony's journey. And uh, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but if part of what Dr. Strange saw in his going through the 14 million whatever versions uh, yeah. was that Tony needed to survive. And if that's, you know, kind of... what What is the thing that... To me, one of the big questions for the movie uh, is... What was the th- what were the actions or the moments that Doctor Strange saw in his you know future visioning? Yeah, he visioning. saw
1: fourteen million plus versions, yeah. and they only won in one of them.
0: Yep. And wh- what were the moments that he saw that were like, okay, this is how we keep going to the one? Like, was it the trick? Was it the that Tony had to be stabbed but not die? Was like what were the moments? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's kind of a tangent, but that's I great. I'm very excited to see what happens with uh tony stark and coming back together and i have lots of predictions but i i they're they're just so amorphous right now they're just kind of floating up as a bunch of swirly clouds and things that were (laughs) you know formed by infinity stones that i'll let you go
1: (laughs) okay well we'll work together to create a a prediction stone um i think uh i talked a lot about unity we both talked Mm -hmm. a lot about unity uh I liked that the movie also reminded you of points of conflict with kind of the core Avengers team, mm-hmm. which is mostly who's left. Yeah. And that to me was like the biggest ellipsis of the movie of like, this was the big thing where everybody came together. It's been dwindled down to mostly the core of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have that kind of almost establishing shot of them in the same shot where Cap says, Oh God, where you see Cap, you see Black Widow, yeah. you see, uh, uh Bruce Banner mm-hmm. uh Rocket Raccoon <laughs> mm-hmm. not a core avengers member uh and you see uh Rhodey mm-hmm. War Machine we know that uh, Okoye also survived mm-hmm. uh, and we know that Tony and Nebula did but so there's some extras but in some ways it's dwindled down to uh, Thor as well yeah. uh the core original avengers and i liked that the movie reminded you Cap and Tony have not worked it out yeah Tony will do anything to save earth except for call steve yeah like he hesitates yeah and even gets that great like a, a mad god is coming to kill us mm-hmm. and you don't want to call steve call steve uh-huh uh, we get that awkward moment between uh bruce banner and black widow and Nat yep. bruce and nat reminding us that that's not resolved we get the conflict between bruce and the hulk and that yes. is not uh, resolved. That's, yeah, the New conflict, conflict. Yeah, fact. and then the other non Avengers who are left. Uh, we get that great arc of if Rocket's the only one left, and he has said in that scene with Thor, like Thor, Thor moping says, "You know, I, I don't know what I have left to lose." And Rocket says, "I, I got a, I got a lot," mm-hmm. and he and he does. He does. So he is the captain now. He is. Yeah. The only one. And if part of it nebula, is that but, he yeah. found
0: this family, he just lost his whole family. Yeah. And yeah. like
1: maybe he'll have Nebula. Um, but and then Okoye's whole story has been, I protect Wakanda. I protect the king. I am loyal to the king. Yeah. And the king is gone. Yeah. Is, that's a fascinating uh, uh, conflict still waiting to come. Yes. Tony and Pepper, it's great that she was there. And that that possibility of that happy ending for them of a wedding, so you have mm-hmm. that hanging out there, and the biggest one, the most emotional, will Steve Rogers be reunited with his shield?
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: so I felt like yeah. you know if, if you're uh, really you know going going mad with speculation, there are yeah. so many unresolved plot points that uh, show you emotionally what. The next movie could be dealing with yeah and then there's the great really just nerdy yeah well, how are they going to change this though
0: yeah well here's if we want to go out on a limb the prediction that i don't think will happen but yeah. that i would love to see happen because as far as the core avengers know agent colson died yes and i would love to see him come back oh. and somehow
1: yeah they don't know that he has been on a tv show yeah, that fights with <laughs> the movies, unfortunately, but yeah, exactly.
0: So I don't, I don't actually see it happening because of all of this. But Nick Fury is gone, Agent Hill is gone. I would love, I would love that if somehow. That's who Captain Marvel knows to go to, or something like that. Yeah, and he gets brought back.
1: I believe he is going to be in the Captain Marvel movie. Oh, which awesome! Makes sense for the so, era. Yeah. So maybe yeah. not
0: such a far out there prediction.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I have not. We have not caught up in the season of Agents of Shield. True. I saw some tweets acknowledging that they they only mildly acknowledge okay events of Infinity War, but who knows? Who yeah. knows? I don't know. I'm tweets. This is random That's, speculation. Yes. Uh, Here is the fun thing: is they. Marvel Universe has gotten so big and weird and wild when you're like, well, how are they going to reboot reality so half the universe didn't die? It's like, well, here's a drop down menu of lots of options. Yeah, uh, It could be a journey of, well, why don't we possess the stones and we'll snap our fingers and say this didn't happen or they're back. So is it just like they regroup and Fight go Thanos to again? take the stones <laughs> yeah. from uh, Thanos. Yeah, which I think that could be uh, an amazing end for Captain America because there's also the, the you know we know the story of the stones of like well, you know he can only harness them because he's this god and he has his gauntlet like you know normal people can't just hold yeah you know certain certain ones they're like you need a lot yeah. of power to wield them so yep. like if that's how Captain America died but if Captain America had the gauntlet and could do anything would he be tempted to bring peggy back too while he's at it like yeah. you know uh, i don't think that's who his character is yeah. but you never know what journey he'll go through and it opens up all these uh, fun possibilities so you got the stones themselves mm-hmm. i believe in ant-man and wasp coming out soon we're gonna learn more about the quantum realm this weird reality that happens when you go really really small yeah and you are smaller than reality as we understand it so it would not surprise me if everybody's like ant-man and wasp that'll be fun But, like, the key to defeating
2: Thanos
1: (laughs) is brought back from the quantum realm. Yeah. You know, that could be a thing. Doctor Strange could have done something with the time stone.
0: I kind of feel like that's a really good possibility. And I'm also just going to throw out there, I hope that Wong is in the next movie. I hope that somehow he survived and they have to go, like, regroup and he's part of it.
1: Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows? It might be that the first act of this movie is our core people and the reboot happens at the beginning of the second act and all of our characters are back. Who knows? Uh, That would be amazing. Um, Obviously, we got that cool scene where Thanos talked to young Gamora. Yes. But there could be that, like, nobody understands quite the rules of the Soul Stone and is Gamora the Soul Stone? Will Gamora just, you know, will our heroes travel into the Soul Stone, which is now partially controlled by the soul of Gamora and she'll reverse, you know?
0: Yeah, I found that scene where he's kind of in the realm of the soul stone. Yeah. And exactly what young Gamora meant and reacted to what did it cost and when he said everything, it was kind of like I don't remember if she smiled or I took it as a smile or she said good or something but I I feel like there's more to be explored there. Um yeah, I mean maybe they'll go back to I don't remember the name of the planet Narvin. No. Uh, the planet where the Soul Stone was.
1: Oh yeah, Formir.
0: Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, I think that there's. I feel like that's another good place for there to be more exploration. Yeah,
1: and then of course Captain Marvel. I think that's the yeah. the big. She's she's a big cosmic hero, uh, and and uh, one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel universe. So there could be a little something there <laughs> as well. That's right, uh, and I think that's all really great. But I think uh, you you brought up so many great points about. Dr. Strange. And I think Dr. Strange in his looking to the future is the biggest. Uh, I, I talked about all those kind of emotional arcs, but the just like how what's going to happen? Him seeing one future where they win. Yeah. And his lot his him stopping Tony Stark from being killed mm-hmm. after he explicitly said, I won't risk everything for one person. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Dr. Strange changed who he is, I think he meant that. Yeah. He got that lesson from the ancient one of like, we are all expendable. This is a selfless job mm-hmm. uh, to be the protector, Yeah, to be the Sorcerer Supreme. I don't think he changed mm-hmm. because he realized Tony was a really great guy. Yeah. I think whatever future he saw where they won, either just Tony Stark had to be alive or Doctor Strange saw a reality where they needed to let Thanos win initially
0: yeah yeah or even both
1: yeah or even Mm -hmm. both yeah in doctor strange i think it's so great that he that that line he has of like you know the end we're in the end game now yes if he's referring to thanos going to wakanda and getting all of them or if he means we're in the end game now half the universe is going to die but that's just the beginning of the end game
0: yeah or is this the this is the moment where we get to win.
1: This is the moment where I need to make this what appears to be horrible decision mm-hmm. in order to to set up an ultimate victory. Yeah. And yeah. And also like you're saying about how many details did he see? And yeah. how much does he just have he saw the end result and he has to infer how to get there. And if he had any idea that he was going to disappear. Yeah. And I love that he is like, this is the way it had to be I'm paraphrasing hmm Uh but that that's the last thing he As says. He to Tony. Yeah. You know, because otherwise, in theory, if we are correct, that it would be like if Doctor Strange survives, like, all right, Tony, here's the deal. Captain is gonna get this. We're gonna combine that with the quantum realm, uh, doodad yeah. that uh, you know, the wasp is gonna bring back. And exactly. then uh, with using the vibranium from Cap's Shield, we, like yeah. it's so great that anybody who could be a guide to the uh, heroes winning is gone.
0: Yeah. So they have exactly. to figure it out for themselves. Exactly. And with 14 million, et cetera, et cetera, how do they continue to make the right choices?
2: Yeah. Or will
0: they? And I just, I, because you know, there have to be so many options, so many versions. Obviously, let me say something obvious to have 14 million. There have to be so many versions. Uh, <laughs> 14 million. <laughs> yeah but i uh yeah i'm 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 very excited for it yeah and i am sure i will just find many moments where i'm just sitting on the bus thinking about well what about this what if they did this
1: yeah yeah Yeah, that's and that's so great um cool so we uh there uh, anybody listening who's like you didn't mention this thing you liked boy (laughs) believe me they're they're in, in my heart in my soul so many. Uh, yeah, in so my many. soul's infinity gauntlet. But we want to have a little bit of fun because that's part of what obsesses about. It's just yeah. having fun with the topic, uh, rolling down the hill, wrapping exactly. ourselves in a fun blanket. Uh, you had a great question. I always try to come up with just kind of a fun flavor question mm-hmm. based on the movie. And you had a great one. So go for it.
0: I want to know if you could wield one of the infinity stones, which one you'd choose and why. Yeah,
1: and that is so hard because <laughs> my... Instant gut reaction is the time stone, but I know that's a bad choice. Yeah? Because we know from Doctor Strange, the implication is that there are penalties, there are prices. Yeah. So I think we're still waiting to see, you know, uh, Doctor Strange did the cool trick of manipulating time to trap Dramamu mm-hmm. and forcing him to uh, basically allow time to roll back before he defeated the earth and defeated reality as we know mm-hmm. it and then uh, uh morto is like but there's going to be a cost. Yeah. And we don't we haven't seen that played out how much that is true in like so is there going to be a cost for that? Is there going to be a cost for Thanos using it to do the exact same spell that rewinds the the mind stone exploding? Exactly. Is there going to be a a cost to that? And for me that's like if I had the time stone I'm just like well, uh, what what would it have been like to see I don't know Casablanca in a live theater? I'll just write. like and then pay <laughs> on Tuesday night. Yeah, I'll just go backwards. Yeah. Oh, I've never oh Frank Sinatra in concert yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I cannot. I I should not. I have too much love of the past and curiosity about the future to be responsible with the time stone. <laughs> So, I think I'd go with the space stone. Ooh. Because of the general teleportation.
0: That, yeah.
1: Just be able to pop around different places. Yeah. The reality stone just seems like good for cruel tricks at parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know enough about some of the stones like my first reaction for myself is i think i'd want the mind stone yeah but then i think but i don't actually know what the mind stone does it just seems like that's the stone i would want
1: you can control people's minds
0: so there's that but i actually like your answer of the space stone because i go on a lot about how much i wish i could just teleport places and have little portals and you know open a door that I've carved into this side of the hill and it'll open up and I'll be in the Scottish Highlands or something yeah so uh yeah and if I could include planets and galaxies with it why not
1: absolutely it's yeah it's the easy transport stone yeah why not yeah Yeah. we wouldn't have to walk uh you know 15 minutes to the movie theater we could just pop into the movie theater to see Infinity War again yeah
0: (laughs) we could share it
1: that's a great one. I wonder if... Uh, I like that the stones have a certain amount of definition, and I think mm-hmm. they're really good in the movie about using the right color for the right power Yes. that Thanos is using. But, I mean, there's the power stone, so I wonder if that's that old. Like, we get the power stone, you can do all the things, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And it, I wonder if there was um, reasoning behind the order in which he gathered the stones. How much it was, well, this is the one I can get next, Or for some of them, like, did he need all of the other stones before he was able to wield the Mind Stone?
1: Well, the Space Stone certainly took out some traveling time. Absolutely, absolutely. So there's that, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and (laughs) maybe we'll see Thanos' journal. What (laughs) order should I try to get these in? Uh And uh, yeah, so so feel free to let us know, tweet us, tweet me uh, at Joseph Grimshaw or at Obsessed Podcast and let me know which of the infinity stones you would put on your gauntlet. We always do the how obsessed are you question. So here are a few questions for you, Sarah, about how obsessed you are with this movie. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Now, why do you say it like that?
0: Oh, I was just laughing because I might need to turn around and ask you some of them.
1: Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, do you immediately want to see this movie again, even though we've seen it twice?
0: Well, yeah, especially like I almost, in fact, said at the beginning of the podcast, as you're talking about the movie, like, I, I almost said, oh, I think we need to pause recording and go see the movie again right now. <laughs>
1: go see it one more time. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I, I will want to see this movie again. Here is a weird question I've been playing with. with How obsessed are you? Yeah. In your lifetime,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how many times do you want to have seen this movie?
0: Ooh, that is my sound of the morning. Ooh, (laughs) afternoon, whatever time of day it is. Uh, I don't have a time stone. I Uh, think the
1: time stone would just tell you what time it is. (laughs) It is Sunday.
0: I would like to have seen this movie 23 times within my life.
1: 23 times. And me and Infinity. War. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Why not? I think that's a good answer. Good. Yeah, I think I'm going to be torn about whether or not, like, I'm going to see it again in theater. I'm going to see it on uh, disc or streaming. Yeah. Whatever we buy. But there's a part of me, like, uh, I love Twin Peaks, but I cannot watch a random episode of Twin Peaks. It is a journey. Mm. that you go on. I wonder for me if I was like, I can pop in Infinity War or if it's like every three years we'll be like, let's rewatch the MCU and build up to Infinity War.
0: Yeah, I I suspect for myself, see it again, probably watch it once before we go see Avengers uh, Avengers 4 4 next year. And then I feel like I'm going to need a year or so off to just let my mind... Go away from it to be able to come back and rediscover it. Yeah. So I'm I'm anticipating a long life. Okay. <laughs> for these twenty-three viewings. <laughs> okay. I think we can do it.
1: Twenty-three and me and you, we can do it. Perfect. Uh would you buy the Blu-ray of this movie if it cost two hundred dollars? Would you? Yes, you yeah, know I, I know would. I know, you, you so know I was I gonna I say, yes, of know. course,
0: because because yes
1: <laughs> how how uh long of a frank and respectful discussion would we need to have about our finances before you were okay with me buying this for 200
0: uh we might have a few more martinis at home instead of out in the world <laughs> okay, that might para. be our bargain
1: that is a, a fair price to cost there's a price for everything <laughs> but how much did it cost you 200 dollars in home martinis that's fine uh, would you ever want to be transported into the reality of this movie? Would you want oh, to literally wow. live inside this movie?
0: Yes, but I'd be terrified yeah. that I would turn to stand. <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah, actually, so I don't often have dreams about movies, but I have been dreaming that I have been in the worlds of this movie since we saw it the first time. It's and it is really like, powerful. Like interacted with other parts, like I will be standing in line ordering a sandwich, except then the person next to me is is Drax and, you know, things like that. Or suddenly there are, you know, battles like in a bit, you know, so it's everything from the small details to the large details. Yeah. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah, why not? It'd be fun. Okay.
1: Speaking of Drax. Yeah. Did I talk about his, how long have you been standing there? An <laughs> yeah. hour? Okay. And I just showed. do have to mention that quickly. Yeah. Because I, one of the many things I'm obsessive about is comedy and the, how long have you been there? Is getting to be a bit of a comedy trope, a little bit too well trod, mm-hmm. and people almost always the, the uh patented uh response is oh, long enough or
2: mm-hmm, not, not too long. Mm-hmm.
1: So to have that funny joke, which is still funny of the how long have you been there, but a little mm-hmm. getting hackneyed, to have such a specific and funny answer is a triumph. Yeah. An hour. It's like a hilarious exaggeration, which leads into a a hilarious scene. Yeah. I don't think Drax is actually exaggerating. I think he was standing there for an hour. (laughs) So hilarious. Anyway, moving on. Would you buy and wear underwear based on this movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if it was like a fun, triumphant moment, if if they did put out, um, because there are a lot of great uh, underwear featuring you know, different yeah. Marvel characters. If it was like the Okoye Scarlet Witch uh, Black Widow Jammy set, if it was a triumphant moment, it was celebrating, would you buy that underwear? But if it was Tony holds Spider Man while he disintegrates yeah. underwear.
0: No, as I, I realized, I answered too quickly. Yes. So, some things. If it was just the end credits of Avengers of Infinity War disappearing. <laughs> No. Yeah. No. No. Avengers I don't need sadness on my body every day.
1: <laughs> no disintegration underwear. <laughs> A fine rule that I agree with. Uh, if you had to face one of your greatest fears to see this movie again, would you do it?
0: Oh wow! Well, it would depend on if taking one of the themes of the movie. Do I get to bring in other people, friends? colleagues to help me face this fear or do i have to do it alone or worst of all does it possibly injure friends or people i care about to face this fear because if it's like okay i need to leap across 10 copperhead snakes but if i don't make it three of my friends break their legs I I might find it, I'm going to find a different way to see the movie. Is that an option? Now I'm just bargaining. No, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Podcast, I have come to bargain. Um, No, I think that's totally fair. I am generally in the camp of you shouldn't do anything that defies the message of the movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) to see the movie.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Like, I'm not going to, yeah. Yeah. If it were something like, this is a fear I need to face anyway. Yeah. Then yes.
1: You know, and if I, if I had to face a, yeah, snakes scare me. But if I was like, all right, I have three of my best friends with me. They believe in me. We can get past these snakes together to see Infinity War. And then I walk up and the snakes are like, Joseph Scrimshaw, we've been afraid <laughs> of you as well. I'd be like, all right, that's damn cool. Yeah. That supports the theme of the movie. Yeah. Uh. All right. If this movie was a person. And you were not married to me. Would you marry it?
0: <laughs> I think, like the underwear, which part of the movie? Yeah. Or the movie overall? Um, no.
1: No. No. This isn't a Marion movie. No, it's not. This isn't. Uh, this is uh, fascinating because it's been this fun weekend of celebration, but it's a challenging movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. This is a, a movie you go to therapy with. <laughs> Which you go to I, therapy about. Plenty yeah. of people are married and also go to therapy. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. It's no. not. Uh, it has fist pumping moments, but it is not ultimately a fist pumping movie unless you agree with Thanos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So I I would not marry it either. I would like you to rate. Your obsession level with this movie, Let's. we've got uh, six infinity stones. Mm-hmm. So on a scale of uh, one to six infinity stones, how obsessed are you with movie, this movie? How many stones?
0: I'm going to say right now at this moment in time, I'm going to give myself four stones and the gauntlet.
1: Four stones and the gauntlet. Yep. Oh, nice. Nice. Very, very clever. Yeah, I am. Uh, I think I'm super, super obsessed with this movie mm-hmm. so I think I would give myself uh five stones mm-hmm. I'd be missing one mm-hmm. because I think there's something about obsession where you feel like it can never be complete mm-hmm. and that's why you stay obsessed because there's more to think about more to dig for more to find so I would give myself the gauntlet uh-huh. five stones and then one of the stones I do have would be the reality stone so I'd make a bunch of other fake infinity stones <laughs> <laughs> in my search to try to become complete.
0: <laughs> nice answer. Excellent.
1: Uh, so wrapping up the podcast, Yeah. can you make a noise to sum up your obsession, your reaction to Avengers infinity war? <gasps> oh, that is really, really good. That is really good. Uh, I, you know, I cannot top that. Uh, and when other people have asked on the main show of Obsessed, I ask everybody to make a noise. And yeah. People have asked if uh, they can say actual words, Yeah. if that qualifies as a noise. Mm-hmm. And I have said yes. Okay. So I am not abusing my own rules. I'm following them. I think my noise to sum up my obsession with Infinity War would be, I am Joseph Scrimshaw. Because I feel like... <laughs> That's how people should like introduce themselves now. <laughs> that little tap on the chest, yeah. that just kind acknowledgement of like, "This is who I am." Mm-hmm. I hear that you are Groot. I am this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Excellent. It's both sincere and comedic.
1: Yeah, and I think that is uh, uh, one of the things that I like about this movie, and like about the MCU in general, is that it, it is not afraid. To wrestle with these big ideas and it is not afraid to just be bizarre and goofy and it relishes those things. And I think, I think the meta picture of this movie Mm -hmm. is that too. It is very serious and very funny at the same time because this movie is heralded as being the biggest crossover event that has ever happened with how could they possibly juggle this many heroes and characters, they do it successfully. And what is the villain trying to do? Say there are too many people in the world <laughs> about a movie that is famous for having the most characters ever. Yeah. That is both serious and funny to me. Hmm. That even Thanos's goal seems to be making fun of the movie itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that is one of the strengths of this, as it is both incredibly serious and also has comedy and often... The most comedic moments are also the most serious.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me on a podcast. We will continue to talk about it as human beings who are married to each other, not Infinity War. (laughs) Uh, And we're really uh, thankful for people who uh, are listening to Obsessed, who subscribe to Obsessed, who support us on Patreon. If you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Scrimshaw. Sarah and I do a monthly bonus uh, patron-only podcast about something that we're obsessed with. We'll continue to do these uh, fun side episodes that are available to everybody publicly of Obsessed Reviews talking about big big pop culture things. We might try some more experiments. We're going to have lots of fun plans for Obsessed. Thank you so much uh, for going on this journey with us. That is our podcast.
2: You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared
0: some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed.
1: All right. I have uh, an idea for what Avengers 4 might be called because they've said they couldn't release the title of Avengers 4 because it would be a spoiler for Infinity War. So now that Infinity War is out, do you have any guesses?
0: Thanos is home.
1: (laughs) Avengers 4. Thanos is home or Thanos is home possessive?
0: I said Thanos is home, but I think I'm going to change it to Thanos was home.
1: Thanos was home. Oh, yeah, that's ominous. I like that. My pitch do mm-hmm. Don't think this is going to happen, but it's what what I want. I want it to be Avengers 4 how Cap got his shield back. <laughs>